Look to my coming on the first light of the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Hello everyone, welcome to Watch Party Lord of the Rings, the show where we look at Tolkien's works through the lens of adaptation. I am Jen Gallagher, and I am joined by Michael Rowland. Hello, hello, I am back. He is back from a whirlwind trip to the Big Apple. <laughs> That's right, NYC. Uh, we can finally share that Michael was lucky enough to ex- to attend the premiere of The Rings of Power in New York City, and I'm dying to hear all about it, Michael. And, and technically, not a premiere. That, I, that was something I learned is very important. Not a premiere. It was actually a screening or a showing or really any other word. You could not use the words premiere or red carpet because those are movie terms. Those are for movie events, and this is very much not a movie. Ah. That's part of the deal. You know, Amazon purchased the rights to, to produce shows, not movies. So uh, they couldn't use a lot of the movie jargon, apparently. So it was the black carpet that we were walking, and it was a, a screening, <laughs> not a premiere. But it, yeah, it effectively was a premiere, like a movie premiere. That's exactly how it felt. It was so much fun. I had an amazing time. And uh, a big thank you to our friend, Barking Rune Song. He moderates the really the only subreddit that matters for Rings of Power and Lord of the Rings, in my opinion, because he does a great job moderating it. And he has been on our show before and he invited me. He got a whole block of tickets and uh, he invited both of us, but you could not make it, sadly, Jen. And uh, you really missed out. Obviously, I don't need to rub it in. (laughs) I don't need to rub it in, (laughs) but it was great. And I have, I've been cruel because I haven't, told you a thing it is now saturday i don't know anything it's now saturday the premiere was on or excuse me the screening was on tuesday and uh, this is the first time we've had a chance to get together and i really first time haven't told you i'm bursting at the (laughs) seams over here i wanted to save this recording for the podcast because you know i i I have so many questions um i just gosh i want to hear just what the experience was like and then of course i want to hear all about the show i know you can't say a lot but i want to hear as much as you could possibly tell me <laughs> yeah obvi- about the obviously show. out of you know respect for the showrunners and the cast and the crew and everybody who works so hard on the show i'm not going to go spilling the beans and telling everybody what the first two episodes are all about you know i'm not going to spill a lot of leaks here but uh, i i will tell you my impressions the feelings that I had, some kind of high-level stuff, basically things I feel comfortable sharing without getting into any spoilers because uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, I, I think everybody should go in and obviously we've been talking about spoilers, you know, from Fellowship of Fans, but that's a whole, that's a much low-level, lower-level type of thing. You know, I don't want to come in here and tell you the plot of the whole first two episodes. I would really just ruin it for everybody. So I want you all to go in and be excited because you should be excited. Uh, I've seen the first two and there's a lot to be excited about, which we'll get into. But I'm going to make you wait a little longer because I, I think it'd be fun to tell you, give you the whole experience from from the beginning, you know. <laughs> yes, start from the In top. the beginning, there was Eru Iluvatar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, it's going to be a long So uh, I'll, I, I won't regale you with my travel tales, which are interesting. Uh, it was, it was harrowing. It, it was difficult. Um, suffice to say, I got there a day later than I originally intended. Uh, my flight flew out Monday morning. I was supposed to get there Monday early evening. And so I would have an opportunity to meet up with people and have drinks on Monday night. And there, cause there's a whole lot of people I wanted to see and talk to. 
and I was planning on doing that on Monday and then getting a good night's rest and then hanging out with people more on Tuesday all through the day. That didn't really happen. I had some flight problems, so I ended up getting in Tuesday afternoon, kind of you know mid-afternoon, with the screening being at uh, seven with a, or seven thirty with a cocktail hour at six. So I really you know my flight got in and I went straight to the hotel. I had just enough time to shower and you know get my clothes on, get a bite to eat, and then it was straight to Alice Tolley Hall, which is where the screening was at. So let's start our journey there. So I get to the hotel, uh, and I was bunking up with Kyle and Lakitia from Fellowship of Fans. Great people, just so much fun. First time I met them both in person, and we had a great time. I was, I'm was i so glad that I was able to hang out with people like in the hotel room and, and have a group to, to pal around with um, because it would have just been so much more boring if I was by myself, and, and they were the perfect people to be going through this experience with. So we were hanging out in the M Social Hotel in Times Square, which is pretty close to where the theater is, where the screening was happening. And um, it just so happened that Jaron Pack, who's also affiliated with Fellowship of Fans, he's also a writer for Looper. He goes by the handle The Halfling on Twitter. He was also staying at the hotel. So we all met up for dinner, just had a burger, basically, and um, split a, a, a cab or an Uber down to the... Alice Tolley Hall. Now, Alice Tolley Hall is at the Lincoln Center. So this is a very, very nice theater that we were going to be able to see this in. And it was going to be in IMAX, IMAX at Alice Tolley Hall at Lincoln Center. I mean, that alone, I was just so pumped about that. Uh, so we roll up and we're all in suits. I mean, we were treating this like a real red carpet and it was good. Ballin. Yeah, as ballin' as I can get. I mean, I'm a, I'm a simple boy. You know, I don't have... <laughs> there were some people with like really cool regalia. <laughs> Cliff Broadway from the thewondering.net who goes by Quickbeam on on Twitter. You know, he had this insane like really really cool jacket that had uh, like golden trim all down the uh, lapels. I mean, he looked spectacular. Oh, wow. Very very trendy. That's the way to you do know, it. You know, it's the type of thing premieres I've realized it's really the place where you Break out the most ridiculous clothes you own that you would never be able to wear anywhere else, but you wear them on a red carpet and you look awesome. Like he looked incredible. And you mean a black carpet? Excuse me, boy. Yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> At a screening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so people were really decked out, looking very, very sharp. And so we roll up, and there's uh, lines outside the, the theater where you get your tickets, and inside. So Alice Tolley Hill is all glass all glass windows and so the line to get your tickets you're walking by the glass windows that that gaze inwards on the actual black carpet so there's this big beautiful rings of power uh, banner sort of thing where people would walk by and take pictures and we could see i couldn't actually see who was on the black carpet because there were so many photographers around i could see just the flash of lights and i knew someone very important was probably on that black carpet because of all the the flashing lights, but uh, so it was kind of fun just to, to be able to see that. There's tons of rings of power and decorations and decor uh, along the street because Alistair Hill abutted the street. I mean, we are in downtown New York here. There's all these, um, you know, the signs, a different movie poster for rings of power, not movie, but show poster, like 10 of them in a row. And so we were just kind of surrounded by rings of power stuff and a lot of people in line, you know, getting their tickets super pumped about this experience i mean right away we were thrown in the mix surrounded by other tolkien fans it was very exciting so we go down the line goes pretty quick 
Uh, they check our COVID cards. I really appreciated that Amazon imposed you know, really strict and appropriate uh, COVID-19 precautions. Everybody had to be vaccinated and show their vaccination card. Uh, everybody had to wear masks inside the theater. So that was very strict. Uh, if, you know, if not for those precautions, I wouldn't have gone. I have you know, a three-month-old, I have a toddler. The three-month-old is unvaccinated. Like I, I wouldn't be able to do any of this if, if I didn't feel comfortable with the precautions that Amazon was taking. So I really appreciated that. So they check our credentials. We go down, um, give our names, get our tickets. And the tickets are beautiful, of course. They're, you know, not calligraphy, but in the, the font of the Rings of Power show. Everything's printed very nicely. Golden embossed against a black uh, card. It's just all very, very beautiful. And as part of this hookup that I got, uh, not only was I going to get the screening, but there is a pre-screening cocktail hour across the street. Uh, so in a, a different venue. And not everybody who was going to the street screening got to go to that. Um, and the cast was there. Showrunners came in and were milling around. Oh, my gosh. Were you starstruck at uh, all? Were not you really, I don't really get starstruck. No? Oh, I would have <laughs> been starstruck for sure. I mean, I was excited. I thought it was very cool. I was like, oh, there, you know, there's Robert Aramayo. He was walking by. Then Lloyd Owen. And we actually walked. Oh, my We actually gosh. walked in directly behind uh, Sophia Nembete, who was playing Disa, Princess Disa, the Dwarven Princess. Um, we just, you know, when we were walking across the street to go to the venue, we were just happened to end up right behind her. We're going up the stairs and there she was. Um, and so I don't get like starstruck uh, unless it's, I don't know, if it was like Tom Hanks or something, I would be starstruck. But but I did think it was very cool. I, I've been, I, these are actors and actresses who are going, who are working on the most exciting show for me in, in my lifetime. So yeah, I thought that was very, very cool. And it was a very kind of swanky area um you know there's drinks going on there's champagne flutes being handed out wine glasses there's there's food on little platters i don't know what was in them but it was good stuff i actually didn't eat anything but it was just a very very nice event very very close and intimate um i mean there's kind of a crush of people just tons of tons of people but we kind of found our place to post up and we chatted with each other and um you know and there's just it was it was at that point when I was like, this is going to be a really, really fun community event. I mean, I knew going in that there were going to be other Tolkien content creators there. Of course, that's everybody who was invited was some sort of content creator or affiliated with the content creator. So I, I knew going in, all right, there are going to be a lot of other people here that I want to talk to in the community. But it really hit me in that cocktail hour when I was surrounded by them and everybody is talking about these really deep Tolkien themes and concepts and theories and i'm like oh my gosh i've never been surrounded by so many people who know so, so much about tolkien You're among your people yes this is my tribe <laughs> they were your this people. is my tribe and, <laughs> and that was honestly the best part of the the whole trip and the whole experience i mean you know watching the show was very very cool too and we'll talk about that but the thing that was most special you know, that made this experience so much better than just watching it on my own at home you know a week in advance was being a part of this community. And there was so much excitement. I mean, there was a buzz. There was a tingling, you know, th- going throughout the room. It was really electric. Everybody was excited. I mean, seriously, I, I could can't tell you how many times I overheard people saying, I can't believe, I can't believe it's here. I can't believe we're finally getting to watch it. I can't believe we're in New York. You know, people were, could not believe. Oh, I mean, there's been there. so much anticipation. Yeah, I mean, for years. Yeah. For, I mean, just you and I. We've been years. doing this podcast for <laughs> yeah. almost two years, you know, about a year and a half, a little over. 
and we've been paying attention to it for longer than that. I mean, you go all the way back to 2017 when the first announcement was made that this show was going to get made or that Amazon bought the rights to make a show, yep. right? So ever since then, 2017, I've been thinking about what is this show going to be? And then here we are about five years later. Yeah. And it's been so secret. Yeah, and yeah. it was so secret. And then just in the last months, it's been it's it's been an avalanche of uh, revelations, you know, images, sounds. Explosive. Uh, it's been so Explosive. exciting. And it all culminated in yes. this trip to New York where I'm getting to see the first two episodes with all the other Tolkien content creators I've had so much fun engaging with online for the for the last year and a half. I get to hang out with them in person and see the show in IMAX in the same room as the cast and the showrunners. I mean, even now so I'm, I'm cool. excited just I mean, what an thinking experience. about it. You know, it was so, so fun. It was almost overwhelming. I, I'm also not like that big of a social butterfly. I feel I, I'm a social person, but I'm not, um, uh, you know, I didn't like mill around the room and talk to everybody. I was just kind of like chatting with Jaron Pack and, and the other folks in my group. But uh, it was, it was really, really fun. It was really fun. And, but before it's a lot to take in at once. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I, every time somebody from the cast walked by, I did have to restrain my <laughs> desire to be like, "Hey, hey, talk to me." You know, like yeah, Robert Aramayo was going by, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> Elrond, El- El- Elrond. You know, I wanted to ask him questions, but of course, yeah. How do you even? I don't even know how you initiate the conversation because it's like, you know, they're they're pressed out by this point. Oh, They've done yeah. So much promotion yeah. and press. These poor folks. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> you, you don't initiate the conversation was nonstop. my answer to that question. <laughs> How do you talk to them? You don't. But I, <laughs> to be fair, they're, I think compared to other, you know, movie stars and TV stars who are probably sick of talking to fans and asking questions, I've gotten the sense that they really have enjoyed it. Now, this is very much, you know, not a direct experience because I didn't talk to any of them directly. But talking to other people who had interviewed them, like Jaron Pack, he did the uh, an interview with Robert Aramayo about his character, and he, when we talked about that at dinner, he was, he just talked about how Robert Aramayo really did seem to genuinely want to talk about his character and like was enjoying the interview, enjoying the conversation. Someone else had to come in and end the interview because he wanted to keep talking about it. Um, and so I, I get the sense that they all kind of have that mentality that everybody's really excited about this project cast and the showrunners it's a genuine joy that for them that they have gone through this project i I think that was really palpable uh, in their interviews and just seeing the way they were mingling in the crowd you know they weren't they weren't being they weren't hustling through to try and get away from people they were there chatting with with folks and a lot of whom they'd met before right because some of these Tolkien con creators not us but you know they went to london um to to see some uh, pre pre preview footage like you know a long time ago um san diego comic-con a lot of the cast showed up and mingled very closely with with the people who were invited to that uh, so there's actually relationships that have been formed between the cast and some tolkien content creators you know some people i know are getting voicemails so from the cast you know they're getting texts from the cast and so there's real yeah. relationships and, and they actually That's want in- to insane yeah yeah, it's a special time because these folks are just on the precipice of something huge and it hasn't gotten so huge yet that they're totally inaccessible. Yeah, right. Um, right. They're still, 
you know, it hasn't even been released yet. So they're still sort of connect, able to connect with fans on that right. basis. And that's, that is something really special about this time. And it's probably a unique thing for the cast to have a built-in fan base that is so rabid as we are, you know. Devoted. Just so de- <laughs> devoted is probably a right. better word. Yeah, not a fatal disease. It's <laughs> we, are, we are infected with a disease that gives us joy. That doesn't make us allergic to water and die. Uh, but yeah, so like, you know, to have people that are so, so interested in what you're doing before even a single episode has gone up and before you're a big movie star, you know, so and to be able to talk with those fans in depth about the source material. And I'll tell you what, these this cast, they they can talk. They talk the talk. They walk the walk. They have got game. Well spoken for sure. I enjoyed watching the panels at um you know, Comic-Con so much. Yeah, yeah. I've always enjoyed the interviews with these actors. So, you know, I, I get thoroughly drunk. Not really. I have a couple glasses of champagne. And then and then they start shuttling us back over from the cocktail hour over to the screening room. Um, you know, it, it felt like a blink. It felt like I was there for five minutes, but, you know, an hour and a half had gone by. And they take us into the screening room. We all find our seats. Um, I was not sitting next to the people in my group. I was... I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to watch this by myself. But I ended up being right behind Clifford Broadway, two seats away from the Tolkien professor, um, three seats away from Matt from Nerd of the Rings, who was also sitting next to the Tolkien professor. And I don't know these people really particularly well or at all uh, in person, uh, but we had interacted a little bit uh, online. But the point of that was like, oh, you know, it had hit me before in the cocktail hour, but it doubly hit me when I was surrounded by those folks who were such kind of luminaries in the fan community. I was like, man, what a special viewing experience I'm about to have, um, you know, and I it really made me think of being behind Cliff, made me think of, you know, the Ringers, um, all those original fans, the OneRing.net, that whole crew, twenty years ago, being the OG fans for the Peter Jackson films and what their experience was like, and I thought to myself, I'm kind of getting just a a taste of what that experience was like, right? All these fans yes. coming together in a room, sitting together, getting to watch the, the show. Community. Oh my god! I, I was just almost emotional sitting there, thinking about that. Yeah, that I, I'm sort of getting to participate in that history, the history of this fandom. And it's a wonderful fandom. It's it's a wonderful altruistic fandom to be a part of. It is. Um, and this is, you know, the biggest television show of our time. Yeah. So the fact that like, you got to watch it with so many people who are passionate about the subject matter yeah. is, is so incredible. And I was also sitting next to two guys uh, on my right. Uh, and I was, you know, I, I, I'm introducing myself to the people I'm sitting next to, you know, just because I'm so excited. And I, I introduced myself to them. And, and these guys won tickets. Um, they weren't content creators. They weren't invited by Amazon directly or indirectly or anything like that. But Amazon made some tickets available to be won. And they, so they were winners. And they had just found out like a couple days prior. And so they flew out from Indiana or, or some Midwestern state where they were from. And they were so enthusiastic. And I was like, this is the coolest thing, you know. Um, I, I, I got Cliff Broadbeam and, uh, Broadway and Tolkien Professor and then these two super fans from Indiana. I was like, this is the best. And I'm just sitting there enjoying myself. And then I think, oh, man, I haven't had a drink of water in like four hours. I'm kind of thirsty. I want to go get some water. And the lights start to go down, and I was like, oh, no. So I, I was, I decided, hmm, be parched for three hours or risk missing maybe 10 seconds of this screening. 
and I think you know which I do. I I kept my butt glued to the seat. Can't okay. miss you, especially can't miss. No, I know you can't. Of, miss like, that's so important to set the, right, right. set the tone and set the. So stage. I sat there. I didn't move, and um, I quickly forgot how thirsty I was because. So now to talk about the episodes, it. Um, I have to be careful here because I don't want to talk about anything specific. But the first moments. Are you sworn to secrecy? No. Or... No, I, I didn't sign an NDA. Nobody reached out to me from Amazon or from the production team that was putting together the event to ask me to keep my mouth shut. Actually, I sent an email to the production staff. I said, what are the rules about this? When can I talk about it? Um, is there, you know, am I subject to some sort of gag order? I'm, you know, I just wanted to respect whatever uh, rules they had in place and they had communicated to them. So I emailed and asked and the production staff emailed me back and said, Hey, uh, I asked around. I don't know the answer. Sorry. I was like, okay. And it was so weird because everything else I've heard prior to this event was that Amazon was very, very tight lipped. I mean, we know they have been, they make everybody sign NDAs. Anybody who gets any sort of advanced viewing, they have to sign NDAs. So I was assuming we would all have to sign an NDA, or at least we would be asked not to say anything about the screening for some period of time. Uh, but okay. they didn't say anything. I asked. The person didn't know. So technically, I could spill the beans, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't want to. You could. Well, if you let something slip, I will not hold it against you. <laughs> if I ask you a question, you let something okay. slip. Because I'm I'm dying. I, I mean, I, wa- I desperately want to see the episode with fresh eyes, yeah. but... You know, I also I want to know. Yeah. So so let's get to let's get to the show. Okay. So opening shot, and I'm I'm remembering my experience sitting in the theater watching Fellowship of the Ring, Jackson's Fellowship of the Ring, and the way that the music slowly came in in the Fellowship of the Ring, and then you hear a monologue. I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say it was very much a similar feeling. I got a similar feeling. The music comes in. There's there's a bit of a monologue from a character. You hear the voice. And I was like, oh, this feels so familiar and it feels right. I was I was getting tingly, right? Um and oh boy, what can I what can I say? Um the first few minutes again, I'm trying to I'm not I'm trying to link it to my experience watching the Fellowship of the Ring. I don't want people to read into it in terms of the content, the substance of the scenes, but when I watched the prologue for the Fellowship of the Ring, I was instantly, I was amazed. My jaw hit the floor. My eyes went wide. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so You know, good. and I was, my, inside my head, I was screaming. I was like, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is like everything I've ever wanted to see. Um, and it grabbed me immediately uh, when I was watching Fellowship of the Ring. And all, that whole prologue is so brilliantly put together. Um, I had similar feelings watching the first few minutes of, the first episode hooray yes that makes me so happy yes. that's wonderful yeah. that's high praise there were i mean there were high there praise. were moments there were moments in those first few minutes that were as good as anything in the the prologue from the fellowship of the ring there were just some beautiful perfect moments and overall i was like ver- i was enraptured you know so it, it grabbed me i was very much sitting on the edge of my seat and feeling like very excited uh which says a lot because the first moments of a show, of a movie, of anything that someone is watching, especially if they've been anticipating it, you have to knock those moments out of the park because if you deliver a dud, like a complete dud, it just will 
kick the wind out of their sails. It, it, it's a gut punch oh, that the, the audience member is now having to uh, recover from, right? So uh, it's a really good thing that they those first few minutes were so excellent. So yes, just start with a yeah, bang for sure. Yeah, start with a bang. The music, you know, we've all heard the music. It's on Spotify now. It's on, you know, the album has been released. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast has listened to the album several times over. The music's great. We already knew it was great. It is even better when you're watching it with the show, with the scenes. The way it flows with the scenes and with the characters, it 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 elevates the scenes and the scenes elevate the music a lot, actually. You know, I I liked the music plenty, but... It didn't have any, uh, it didn't make me like emotional. I didn't have an emotional connection to it the way that the Howard Shore score does. And maybe realize that the reason I have such an emotional connection to Howard Shore's music is because I link it to those scenes. And I've always talked about, when we talk about the Fellowship of the Ring, we go through those movies. I've said many times, you know, those movies wouldn't be what they are without the score, which is true. But Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really appreciate that the score wouldn't be what it is if not for the movies. And I think that was, I experienced that very much when I was watching the show, this first episode, the first two episodes, as much as I really, really liked the, the score already going in, I like it much more now that I have some visual narrative to connect it to. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, look out for that. The, the score is really well done. It is a lot. It, you know, it is basically nonstop music. It is a lot, but um, it's okay that it's a lot because it's very, very good, I would say. Um, I like that. Let's see. So it was two episodes. Okay. Dialogue. Do you want to talk about oh, specific to- you know, okay. topic-wise? Like, what did you think of the dialogue? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. You le- give me some questions to, re- to respond to because I'm so terrified. I'm gonna, of- okay. I'm going to go into question okay. mode, interview mode. So dialogue, dialogue. One to ten. Can... Um, some of the dialogue was a ten. Some of the dialogue was not. <laughs> um, I so it was a mixed bag. But there was some dialogue between characters that definitely was consistent with the. It, it honored the professor. I mean, it was as beautiful as anything the professor had written. It was really right in line with. It was felt very Tolkienian. Just beautiful dialogue that hit on themes. It was just very, very well done. And I'm excited to hear it again so I can dissect it and think about it. And there's some beautiful dialogue. There's also some clunky dialogue that didn't work for me. Um, but actually the, see that bums me out. That, that does bum me out. It can't, that's really important. It can't me. be perfect all it's the way one. through. And actually I would say, you know, I'm thinking about this cause there, there were some clunky moments in the episodes. Um, but really the clunkiness, now that I'm really thinking about it, and like 99% of the cases did not come from the dialogue. It came from other, other aspects, uh, cinematic aspects in terms of like the editing or the physical movements of the characters, you know, what was going on in the scene um, that caused the clunkiness, not necessarily the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So the scenes where there was meaningful dialogue between characters, especially the elves, because the elves are going to be so much uh, in terms of the, the verbal content of the scenes, the elvish scenes are going to be uh, more significant in that regard, right? I think you would expect the elves to basically speak better is what I'm trying to get at, um, which I'm not doing a good job of saying it because I'm not an elf. But the <laughs> the elves should have the best dialogue, <laughs> and they did. And those scenes were just top-notch. 
uh, or, or scenes that involved elves also with other races. Sometimes that would happen, of course. But any, any el- scenes with elves and involving elvish dialogue was very, very, very good. Um, so all in all, I would say the dialogue was very strong. And I probably led you astray a little bit when I said that some of the dialogue was clunky. I really don't think it was the dialogue that was clunky. There was other stuff that was clunky. Not that the whole episodes were clunky, but there were just clunky moments. Okay, let's get to characters. Okay. For me, what I love about a show is, do I connect with a character? Can yeah. I latch on to someone? Do I care about them? Do I identify with them? Are they relatable? Are they likable? I mean, strong characters. That's my question. Are there... Did you like the characters that you saw? Uh, Yes. Yes. Should I say which characters I like the best? Yeah, tell me which. You don't have to tell me at why. You can tell... Or, you know, vague terms why, but tell me... Well, yeah, okay, let me just more. speak generically then about the actors playing the characters. The acting was across the board very, very good from top to bottom. I really don't have any complaint about the acting, complaints Great. about the acting, even all the way down to um, the actor playing Theo, who's a young kid, very limited acting experience. He did great. He did, he did perfectly good. Um, and all the way up to Morbeth Clark and Robert Arimayo. I mean, really, the acting was very very good very believable all the way through so i'm and that made me so happy yeah well and we knew it was well cast like visually the way they looked and from what we'd seen the trailers we were excited but from what i saw in the first two episodes we were just completely right about that the the acting is just very very good oh wonderful yeah very that makes all the difference so characters, acting, any, very good. Yeah, any standout character that you just want to throw out? It's hard for me to pick. Um, like, is there someone you're intrigued to see more of? Like, you saw the first two. Oh, I want to see more of this storyline unfold. So let me say this, and actually I think this is a big deal. I have expressed the most concern. I think we've both both expressed the most concern about the Harfoots and their plotline, Meteor Man mm-hmm. and that plotline, which is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. part and parcel with the Harfoots. I think we've also both been a little unsure about the whole Southlander plotline. Um, not as much as the Harfoots. Maybe like, where are they going with this? Just or, where are they going? Where are they going with yeah. it? You know, are we excited to, to see what Arondir and Bronwyn are doing as we are Elrond and Galadriel and Durin? You know, those canon characters. I think we were a little less excited. Those plotlines, those regions are some of the plotlines that I ended up being most interested in. Okay. Yeah. That's really good news. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed because... the Harfoot and Meteor Man plot lines a lot. I was, like, really fascinated on what was going on. They've told us that there's going to be a mystery with, with the Meteor Man, and it was working for me. I was like, I'm enjoying this mystery. Tell me more. You know, I wanted to get the next scene with the Harfoot. Good. Is there... So it sounds like those hit all the right notes. Yeah. Is there any... In terms of pacing, did you feel like the pacing was good? Well, and, and let me uh, let, let me stick on the Harfoots and the Southlanders okay. a little bit for a second, because I think, you know, on reflection, part of what helped me enjoy those plot lines a little bit more than than, say, the others is they're non-canon. Right. And I know they're non-canon. Right. I knew they were non-canon going in. I was a little bit more relaxed watching them because I I knew. They weren't going to screw anything up canon wise. Right. Whereas I'm watching, <laughs> Gal- Gal- yeah. yeah, I'm watching Galadriel. Like, you know, if we accept that they're doing these non-canon characters, 
from the outset. We accept that they do that. They're doing that. We know that they're doing it. We're expecting it. Okay, and you get over that hump. There's really nothing they can do then that's going to bother me too much, lore-wise. And I can't help but get stay in my head a little bit when I'm watching these episodes for the first time. I'm thinking very, very consciously about the lore and how does this match up with the lore and how does this match up with the books. I just can't help it, right? Um, even though I have spent weeks and weeks, you know, trying to get myself in a headspace where we approach the show from a uh, a fresh perspective and appreciate that it can be different and it's its own thing, but you just can't help it, right? So when I'm watching Galadriel, yeah. I'm I'm okay. Who's that character? Is that you know? Uh, what elvish character yeah, is that that she's talking are to? The yeah, whole time. and so it's hard to enjoy those plot lines for what they are, just as a story and as characters, as characters, because I'm thinking about how it matches up with the books. It's very, very distracting, actually. Um, so I'll be very yeah. excited. And this, I had this experience too, and I think a lot of people had this experience watching the Jackson film. It took me a few viewings to fully get comfortable and appreciate what was going on. As much as I liked it on the first viewing, and I really, really did, I loved it, but. I, I'm my brain is still working overtime thinking about all the changes and um, that doesn't make for as right. enjoyable an experience because it's almost like an academic exercise. You're thinking about the changes rather than the plot and the characters for what they are. And right. uh, so you're it, not allowing yourself to be fully immersed yeah, in it and, because you're thinking. Too right. Hard. Exactly. And I, I want to be fully immersed in it and I don't want to think about those things, but you just can't help it. <laughs> So it's going to take some time. I'm going to have to watch it a couple times. I'm going to have to get some distance before it all seeps in. And I really know what to make of the show, to be honest. Like, I'm going to have to watch it a few times before I really know how I feel about everything. Because my first viewing is obviously, I don't want to say tainted, but it is affected significantly by this lore-heavy, book-heavy part of my brain that is analyzing things from that perspective rather than just from the, like, is this narratively fulfilling perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm watching Gladriel and watching Elrond and when I'm watching Durin, you know, any of the characters that I know are canon characters, I'm thinking about that a lot more. But when I'm watching the non-canon characters, I don't think about that because there's nothing to think about, you know? So I just kind of got to relax. Yeah. and You're along for the ride. It, yeah, it, it's as if I was watching those characters from the perspective of someone who had never read the books, right? It's, it's for, mm-hmm. for those plot lines, I get yeah. that, experience and that's actually really enjoyable um so i I think that's part of why i really enjoyed watching those those plot lines because it was fun it was a mystery i didn't know where we were going whereas with galadriel like i know her life story backwards and forwards so uh instead of wondering where we're going i'm you know i'm anticipating where we're going and wondering how they're whether or not they're going to successfully depict where i know they should be going right so it's a very different experience okay and did you did you like the show just on a gut level? Did you like it? I did. Were you? Yeah, okay. I did. Um, you liked I, it. Was there anything you were disappointed by? And not to go negative, but I want to know yeah. honestly. I mean, I know you were so excited about seeing more of the dwarves. Yeah. Did that? Was that experience everything you wanted it oh to be? Oh my god, the dwarves are so good, dude. Uh, the, oh, the good. Are so I'm good. happy for you that they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're really just kind of perfect. I, I loved every second I spent with the dwarves, and I, I wish we could just spend all the time, all the entire show in Casa Doom. If this was just a Casa Doom show, 
it'd be a great That's show. So funny because I do not feel that way at all. Like I, <laughs> I, know, I, I'm I know. excited. I like dwarves, but like I'm so much more excited about the elves. It's such a beautiful and immersing set. Casa Doom is not which I is mean, it does look beautiful. Yeah, which it is not to say that like Lindon and you know Aregion that those aren't also beautiful and rich uh immersive sets they are um i mm-hmm. i there's this the dwarvish sets are so different you know they're really unique uh, an underground kingdom is just so fascinating and to be put there and it's so such a different it's like a, a palate cleanser from the elves and from the harfoots everything's so different in the dwarvish community in the dwarvish scenes so they're really really fun um really good um, excellent and so glad and I, not too campy, not too much like slapstick humor, hopefully, because that has been the pitfall, I think, thus far. And and a little humor is great. Yeah. But no, I, there's a balance. I do think, uh, I do not think it went too far. It There is a bit of humor. Um, from what I've heard, so I'll tell you, it, it is, I, I think what they're doing is they're kind of transitioning us from the Gimli, from the dwarves that we know from the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, which were v- like the Hobbit dwarves were extremely campy and goofy Gimli was like a little goofy you know he's belching and farting or whatever you know there's some of that bathroom humor even with Gimli in the Lord of the Rings and he's kind of the comic relief a little bit so they're giving us I think the Gimli characterization right off the bat I've heard they're going to transition us into a more serious and somber depiction you know, over, that makes over the total season. sense yeah. because the storyline that they're going to tell with the dwarves what, from what we speculate is pretty somber. Yeah. And it's fun, frankly, like the the, the humor, um, it, it's, uh, it doesn't cross any lines. It is fun and it makes it them different, like the, their dialogue, their scenes different from the scenes with the elves. It just feels different. So it's fun. But the, I think we will see a transition to a more somber dwarvish characterization which i appreciate because that's what i really love about the book dwarves and i do want to see more of that so there is a mix i mean we see very very emotional characters like i don't want to get too i think i'm already getting too specific but um yeah so i like the dwarves what was the question (laughs) there's more aspects of this question (laughs) no that was that was yeah that was the question about the dwarves um my other question would would definitely be the was there the right we've been very concerned about the CGI and special effects. Oh, was there don't the be. right marriage between oh, It's so good. Don't don't I've heard it was visually very beautiful. I, I don't have a single complaint uh, about the visuals. What did you think? Not a single complaint. It's okay. so good. Is if there's CGI in the show, I guess you'd have to pinch me to wake me up and remind me that that's the case because it's very, very um you, you don't get any sort of uncanny valley effects. Nothing that takes you out of it. It all just fits together. It feels very realistic. It feels very all like That's practical effects all the hear. way through. Yeah. Because uh, you had that problem a lot with The Hobbit because they were CGIing the faces of all the orcs. And it just, you know, there's an uncanny, uncanny valley problem. It didn't look real. It took you as good as it was. Like, you know, computers can do amazing things. It just didn't look truly real. And so it, it, it took you out of it. None of that with this show. Everything looked amazing and there are some shots oh i i wish i could talk about it and we will um when we do our full breakdowns but there are some shots where clearly some cgi must have been involved but in no way did it feel like there was cgi being used so 
very very good special effects don't worry about it all it's it's the best thing i've seen on tv visually it's it's the best thing that's ever been on tv i mean it's an expensive thing so i'd be disappointed if it didn't look amazing yeah the visuals are outstanding wonderful excellent were there surprises were there any surprises if you can give one spoiler just Uh, one you can stop listening now. Was anything surprised you about seeing these first? Two? Uh I'm not. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I mean, yes, yes, there were surprises. There were things You're I. Not going to give anything. No, because like, other people are. <laughs> other people online are. And uh, they can go, you know, <laughs> do what they want to do. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to be the one. Um, no, that because. The surprises are fun because they're surprising. So I don't want to. Because they're surprising. I don't want to take that All from right. anyone. But there are some surprises, some things I did not expect to see, and I was so excited to see. Like, yeah, there's yeah yeah there's some really cool just <laughs> images, flashes, and longer scenes that I did not anticipate seeing, and we did, uh, and it's just awesome. Um, you, uh, you asked earlier if there was something I anything I didn't like, and yeah, there were there were scenes I didn't like. Um, like sitting there in the theater, the experience of watching the show, there were scenes that where things didn't like, like they didn't make sense. Uh, hmm. Like I didn't understand what a care, why a character was doing what they were doing in a scene. Hmm. And I just, you know, and, and, and is a, it the type of thing where it may make sense later or you just think it was not no, necessary. No, no, no. It wasn't like a mystery uh, or where something was, vague or abstract you know something where i i couldn't understand what was going on but within the context of the scene i could tell that that it made sense in the world i just didn't understand it it was not like that it was stuff where it's like there's clearly they're not trying to create a mystery here it's just doing something that doesn't make sense Um, so there were a couple moments like that where it just didn't feel believable people's reactions didn't feel believable so that's that goes to the writing so that's what I was talking about before where things felt clunky. It wasn't a dialogue issue because I'm not talking about what people said. Whenever people spoke, it really was quite spot on. But sometimes there was some scenes where the action or the reactions uh, or what people were doing or the way that shots were cut together moving from one scene to the next where it felt like a, a little goofy to me, just not my taste. And I, there were a couple eye roll moments. Um, I'm being totally honest. Like it wasn't a perfect show. But... Um, it's that wasn't the case the entire episode by any means. There was a lot, a lot of really, really great stuff in the episode, but you know, it wasn't perfect all the way through. There were some moments. Sure. Well, I feel like I want to hear so much more, but I want to save a lot for obviously for when I actually see the episode. Um, but I'm so glad Michael, you got that experience. I'm so glad you got to share it with people that we have been dying to meet, um, other content creators and I can't wait to watch this show with you and with all of you guys out there at our watch party. Yeah. I can't wait to f- be able to say, I can't, can't wait to be able to finally talk about everything fully. Like I, biting my tongue is like, my tongue is bleeding. I have a, a stub now in my mouth because. Yeah, I can tell <laughs> there's so much more you want to say and I want to bait you into it, but I also want to, you know, wait until the I last thing, see the show. The, so, the one thing I will say, um, you know, to kind of close this out, this is going to be a huge show. We've already known that there are 23 main characters, like 23 focus characters. And boy, that's a lot of characters. And that's sort of how we felt going in. 
And after watching it, I think to myself, boy, that is a lot of characters. That's like a lot of grounds to cover. Can you imagine in like a one-hour episode trying to touch on the plot lines of 23 different characters, you know, four or five different groups bouncing around? That is a tall order. And I would just say to people, it is going to take some time to get really invested in people's plot lines and narratives because they have to jump around quite a bit. And they've already told us, and I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. They've told us that the first episode is going to be about laying the foundation, introducing us to the world, and introducing us to these different groups of people. Okay, so they already told us that that's what they're doing. And after watching it, yeah, that's what they're doing. Uh, A lot happens. I'm not saying so much stuff happens. Like uh, It's crazy how much stuff happens. But it will take time to get to know these characters and to become fascinated by their plot lines. So when I walked away from the episodes, I felt like I am desperately, desperate, desperate to watch the next episode and see where these plot lines are going because it's really they're just setting things up i watched two and episodes and great. there's still so much setup yeah. yeah that's great that it left you wanting more i think that's really key and obviously a lot of world building is expected in the first few laying those foundations is is just that's good television making <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, yeah i cannot wait to see them everybody september 2nd is the day september 4th is our live stream day 11 30 11 30 psc is when is when it starts probably around 12 is when the when the first panel will get going um that's specific standard time so that's when the first kind of the panel that jen will be leading that's for the newbies we have a group of pan- people who have are not crazy Tolkien nerds and they're going to be watching it with very very fresh eyes and I'm really jealous of you Jen that you get to talk about the show with them and really get their perspective so that's going to be cool they'll, they'll be going through it just from a purely cinematic perspective kind of scene by scene talking about the the narrative um, we're also going to have a really heavy hitter Tolkien lore panel that'll be a little bit later so yeah tune in 11 30 Pacific Standard Time on Sunday September 4th I, I'm so excited to do that with Fellowship of Fans. Of course, it's on the Fellowship of Fan YouTube page. It's a very exciting collaboration. And so this episode will probably release uh, Sunday or maybe Monday. Um, so by that time, we'll be tweeting out recipes for you all to cook, drinks for you all to make, so you can we can all be eating and drinking the same thing when we're watching the episode on Thursday or Friday. This first episode is actually, they're releasing it on Thursday, a day early, but the other episodes will be Friday. And so we're going to be tweeting out our recipes and drinks um, probably the same day that this episode drops. So go check out our Twitter so you can get those recipes, so you can go to the store, get the stuff you need to get so that you can be making it along with us. It's going to be super fun. We'll also be tweeting out the artists that we're, that we're highlighting this week um, who donated amazing art that we're going to be raffling off during the live stream. So all that's going to be tweeted out in the next day or two after you listen to this episode. So, ah, so much, so much excitement. We can hardly stand it. This is it. It's the, it's what we've been waiting for everybody. Um, So I hope to hear from all of you guys Um, during the live stream. You can actually call in, you can, you can tweet at us, all that stuff. Yeah. It's going to be interactive. Um, Yes. It's going to be, the panels will it's gonna be a party. Be answering your live questions. It's not just going to be us talking at you. That's uh, that's like the most important thing. I keep forgetting to say it. Call in, ask your questions live on the air, and uh, you know we'll have uh, Matt from Nerd of the Rings and Philosopher's Games and Alan Sisto from the Prancing Pony podcast. We have great, great guests, and you'll be able to ask them directly, and they'll be able to answer you directly. So it's going to be awesome. 
Well, folks, I think that'll do it for tonight. Michael, thank you for sharing your your thoughts and your trip. Um, so glad that that happened. What a special, special, unique experience. Um, and we will see you all or hear from you all very soon. Bye.